Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Namaste, yogis. This is Andrew Seeley here to welcome you to the Yoga Revealed podcast. Ever thought what it might feel like to be a touring rock star yogi? In this exciting episode, we have the privilege of hearing from the band Our Last Night's very own Woody Woodrow. Today, we go deep into the details of how Woody's journey from practicing yoga as a means to focus and refine to teaching yoga as a means to bring community intention and connection to his fans worldwide. Listen close as Woody reveals the methods he finds most helpful in manifesting dreams. The small things make up the big things. Mm-hmm. So when you start making smaller decisions, they start impacting the rest of your life, I've found. Yeah. Um, so choose and just know that whatever you choose, you're going to learn from. But once you make a choice, stay true to that choice. Learn to rock out fully with your heart open to shine as Woody shows us a path to rise to the occasion and empower your mind on this exciting episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast with Woody Woodrow. Namaste and welcome to the Yoga Revealed podcast. Thank you for having me, brother. Yes, indeed. It's an absolute <laughs> blessing to have you here in Venice, California on another sunny, shiny day. Birds are chirping. We're out here just finished yoga. Mm. How you feeling? Dude, on another level right now. Thank you. <laughs> honored and kind of nervous to be here because I've listened to so many of your awesome podcasts. And I was honored when you asked me. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we just did some breathing together to slow the heart rate down. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. So I'm really stoked to have you here simply because we've been friends for probably about a year now. Mm. And as our friendship has grown, I've just seen your practice deepen. And it's beautiful to witness your evolution and your blossoming into your <laughs> world of yoga. And just to see how you incorporate yoga in your life is very inspiring because you're a successful bass player and an incredible band and you know, you've got all these awesome fans and you're, you're helping them learn yoga. And so I think that that is a truly inspirational thing. Uh, but I want to start with how yoga was first revealed to you. Mm. Wait, has it been a year that we've known each other? I feel like I've known you forever. <laughs> That's crazy. In eternity. That's yes. crazy. Yeah, respect. <laughs> Many lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I got turned on to yoga by my mom, actually, about, it was about seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, just got out of college in that in-between point in my life. And my mom was like, hey, you should try coming to yoga with me. And at the time, I was like, what? Like, hang out with a bunch of older women, just sweating and, you know, just stretching. And so I was like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. But um, she offered, she's like, yo, it's on me. I'm buying. So, you know, fresh out of college, I was like, can't turn that up. It's all good. Um, went with her and then totally broadened my, uh, my perspective on yoga. Um, I totally had my mind expanded and I was like, wow, yoga is so much more than just stretching. I never in my practice of just, you know, being like very active ever found something that worked my mind and my body together like mm-hmm. that. 
nor did I ever sweat doing anything else. Hmm. Um, it, was, it, it was a hot class, so just absolutely like sweating balls was like amazing. It just felt like you were legit floating. Hmm. Um, so, so that was really, really eye-opening to me to realize that there was more to it um, than just the sweating, which is kind of a metaphor for as my journey's gone on, how I've gone from the physical to more of the mental, and that's the general path I feel that yoga brings, um, starting with the physical workout, which feels amazing. And then you start to realize, oh, wow, my breath is powerful. <laughs> and oh, wow, I can do more with this. And then it turns more re- reflective on the internal when you're practicing. And the journey, as you know, is constant. So, so that, that, that's how I originally started doing yoga was just doing that and then getting obsessed with it. So I did that. <laughs> and then I was like, I can't get enough. So I started doing twice a week, three times a week. Then I was doing six times a week, seven times a week, feeling like I couldn't be balanced if I didn't get my hour and a half class in, mm-hmm. um, which, which was awesome to, to transform. Um, but then as I grew, I realized that that was a little bit um, of a uh, ridiculous need um, because our lifestyles are pretty hectic and getting an hour and a half of yoga every day is sometimes not possible based on our schedules. So that's what led me to learn that it's the best we can do each day. And um, that's something I learned in my teacher training eventually down the road. Um, but yes, uh, my mom brought me to yoga and then I became obsessed with it. And then I was on my mat and I was like, yep, this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. Most definitely. <laughs> and before yoga, what was your life like? Um, it was it was awesome. I was still touring in my band. Um, I graduated college. I balanced touring all over the place with college. And then um, it was good, but it was kind of confused. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say like confusing, but it was more like I was kind of confused as to, you know, like what I wanted, um, what was really meaningful for me. I knew that my band was really meaningful for me. That's why I felt like true connection and a passion I couldn't really describe, you know, like that lump in your throat when you're in front of people creating such a high vibration. Um, it was humbling and I didn't really understand what that was, why it was and how strong that connection was until I started doing yoga. And my life was a little, a little hectic and all over the place. Um, my eating habits were, you know, not the best. And so I would have these mood swings. And um, if you ask anybody in my band, uh, they used to refer to me as that person in like the Snickers commercials. That, you know, like, like <laughs> you're, you're not, not crazy. You yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Until you get the Snickers and you're like, ah. And, and then you're good. And so that was during a time when we were touring and we were eating a lot of fast food on tour. Hmm. Um, it was pretty much um, the routine. After you get out of a show, you go, you get the Wendy's, you get the Taco Bell, like which fast food restaurant we hit in tonight. Oh, we did Taco Bell last two nights. Well, we got to do Wendy's tonight, wow. like that kind of thing. And, you know, it, it was a little numbing, but I think when you're numb to that stuff, um, you just, you don't have the awareness or the eyes to see what's happening to you because you're on a level of like constantly almost like your, your energy levels are just being depressed and mm-hmm. pushed down. Depleted by all of your, your giving, your offering yourself in that, that show, you know, yeah. that performance. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so you're offering that. So I was, I was really um, not putting in things um, to get a high vibration out. Um, but what I did find was when I was with people and when I was doing, you know, when I was with my bandmates on stage performing um, the music that we love to play, that was what was keeping me up. Mm-hmm. And so I would almost like need that high from playing to reach a, a level of, you know, meaning for my life. And it was, it was awesome for what it was. It gave me that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm meant to be connecting. But it wasn't until yoga that I actually took that like constant vibration that would be my life and lifted it to the point where I was constantly living like I was on stage. Yeah. And feeling that constant almost lumping your throat so grateful. Because what it was was just an attitude of gratitude. Mm-hmm. And the more I got into that, the more I learned about it, um, the more I was able to bring it into my everyday life. And now my experiences on stage are like, insane I, they're like way above and beyond because now I've almost just the way I like to look at it is I've lifted my vibration to a point where I'm at almost a constant to where I used to be just at the peak moments on stage ah. yeah so so my life was very was a huge fluctuation um, before I found yoga and uh, all those things I still I've always been into a lot of motivational speakers um, inspiring people I've always listened to them been drawn to them and um, um, yeah just really really enjoyed things that stimulate me mentally. I just didn't know 
in what way I like wanted to. It was almost like I was really broad with with everything. And then mm-hmm. yoga and other things in my life, like um, like Reiki and stuff like that, really helped me to hone in on my life path a little bit more while balancing my band. Mm-hmm. So the way I like to look at it is I kind of have two lanes on my highway. Um, and that I, I have my band, which has been going since I was 16 years old, and it's now my career. And then I have yoga, which is... Still, I've got about a seven-year practice going at this point, um, but that's becoming very much like a lane that I keep switching between and finding an ebb and flow. Um, yeah, it's kind of like your, nice. your Ida and your Pingala, you know? You have yeah, to balance yeah. the two. Amen to that. Amen <laughs> to that, yep. So around what time in your life did you realize that yoga was going to be a, a constant practice for you? Mm. Um, once, once I started noticing my energy lifting, and the effects on my body. That, because I've been searching, or had been um, searching for a while, almost without knowing, um, for something that was going to give me sustainability in my body. Mm. So I would go to the gym a lot, I would work out. I've never been a big person. I would just go for the endorphins and for trying to, to maintain a tone, if you will. And then also cardio. Um, and so, so before I would, I would do a lot of workouts, but I, I didn't know what to do um, to kind of work myself as a whole. And it, it reflected in some pain that I had in my low back. Mm. I, used to play, I used to play baseball a lot and basketball, and a lot of the stop and go did a toll on my back. And I was also yeah. a catcher, um, so I was squatting, squatting a lot. Non-stop. And then get up and run and like all sorts of stuff. So I developed a stress fracture in my low back, which I was told by a doctor that I would never cure. And it was really confusing for me because I went through a lot of different doctors trying to figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. Eventually they told me I had something equivalent to um, just a, a low back fracture. And what I needed to do was just maintain core and just do a lot of core work. So they sent me to um, PT. So I did a lot of physical therapy for a bit and that made it go away. And so I was like, okay, cool. But it wasn't, it wasn't like I did yoga then. It was a lot of just core exercises, ironically, which we do in yoga sometimes, but it wasn't yoga working the whole. It was just focused on the core. Mm-hmm. Um, so that got the pain away. But then after I stopped, you know, if, if, I, if the, the habit didn't continue, then the pain came back. Yeah. So that's when I was like, I got into college and I would still like hit the gym a lot, do my exercises, and then I would feel pain every once in a while. And it was pretty debilitating where like it hurt to walk a lot. Mm. And so it was really, really annoying like to get out of bed, like your low back is like your center of gravity. So if you got some pain in there, you notice it everywhere. Um, so then I, then when I discovered yoga, that's when the pain mysteriously went away. And I was like, okay, well, to think kind of on a trippy hippie metaphoric standpoint, which I'm all about, um, I was like, wow, well, maybe the universe was kind of guiding me to find this because nothing else was really working in a sustainable way um, until I found yoga. Now I have no pain. And if I do ever have pain, I know exactly what I can do to get rid of it, um, which is cool because it gives you the tools to empower, as you know. Yeah. Um, so, so that's yeah. a good way of putting it is that literally with your yoga, you were given the tools to be able to heal yourself. Mm. And that is empowerment in itself. Amen. That's awesome. (laughs) So from deciding that you were going to do your teacher training, what was kind of like that clicking point of, this is something that I want to share with others? Mm. Um, It happened on my mat, which was cool. And I'll remember, I kind of remember in the room where I was. There's a studio that's kind of my mothership back in New Hampshire called New Hampshire Power Yoga. It's like the first class I ever went to. And I remember in the room, I've been there hundreds of times. I remember in the room, that one class, exactly where I was, like right in front of the door and just laying there in Shavasana. And I was just like, just toast after an awesome practice and laying there. And it was almost like I had the idea just put into my head. And Ah. I don't don't know if I, because I was a clear vessel at that point, um, I just had a moment of clarity where it, it 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 was in a question format. And I was like, I was like, am I supposed to instruct this? <laughs> and then and then I got a very profound, I'm supposed to instruct this. And then I was like, okay. And I remember going back later that day and starting to look up teacher trainings in the New Hampshire area. Mm. Mind you, have a unique situation with my band. So committing to something that is three straight months, six straight months, eight straight months, not feasible for me when I'm when we tour all over the world and sometimes get like a last minute tour offer and we can just dip out um, mm-hmm. with, with a couple weeks notice. That happens a little less now, but it used to happen more. Um, so I reached out to a, to a few and they, a lot of them were like, ah, we, we need your presence. We need yeah. your presence, which is totally understandable. And I was like, okay, cool. I kind of had faith that there was going to be one out there. And I reached out to Core Power Yoga in Cambridge, Massachusetts. 
and this uh, gentleman by the name of JC, he, uh, he responded to me and he, he was a fellow musician. And I made sure I, I included a link of one of my videos in my pitch mm-hmm. of, of myself. You're like, look, man, I, I rock like, out. I'm in a band. Sometimes <laughs> I have way. to go on tour. Right, right. You know, feel me. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> if, if, you, if you feel me. And so he wrote back and was like, was like, dude, well, yeah, for sure. Let's come in and have a meeting. Let's figure it out. And I was like, okay. So it wasn't a definite, but it was like a let's get the ball rolling a little. Yeah. So I went in there and sat down with him and he was just a light. He was legitimately just a guidance on my path and it was totally meant to be. So I walked in there, beautiful studio, never been to a core power before. And he showed me around, sat down with me and he asked me one question. He said, what do you want to do with your training? What was your goal? And I said, I want to bring yoga and mindfulness to kids through my YouTube channel and on tour. Um, So he looked at me and was like, well, I've never actually had anybody answer that question because everyone's like, well, I don't know, like to deepen my practice or to do this. And everyone seems a little unsure. And I was just like, no, like that's what I want to do. Like this is what I love to do. This is what I'm supposed to do. Uh, This is where experience flow. I want to share that with the world. And I think when you find tools in your life that help, you're kind of obliged to share them. Um, so, so, so I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to share it through social media, um, and also in everything that I do. Um, but to primarily the younger generations to try and demystify that, um, that perception of, of meditation, mindfulness, and yoga that I think sometimes looks like an outward thing to a lot of younger generations when um, with everything that's going on now, a lot of shifting is happening where people are realizing that it's not this outward thing, it's completely internal and it's very accessible. And so I, I feel very strongly that as one of my missions in my life is to bring that to younger generations. And why are you so attracted to bringing it to younger generations rather than people your own age, mm. maybe? So ironically, I think by, by having a mindset of instructing beginners, um, it keeps me fresh. Mm. And then also the way that I instruct is applicable to anyone if they've been practicing for any duration of time. Mm-hmm. Because when it comes down to it, we're all beginners. That is the key. You know That's what I'm saying? Always and have that. For sure. Like, You're always learning. Exactly. Always learning. Open mindset. And when you're, when you're um, thinking, I think, when, when you're believing that you are in a level of advancement um, and you might be comfortable, that's when, from almost um, a, a business perspective, uh, the world tends to pass you by. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a metaphor for your life. When you stop learning and stop progressing, you reach, you're, you're stagnant, and then you don't grow. Mm-hmm. And so having a beginner mentality, which is why I'm, I'm so passionate about having a beginner mentality, mm-hmm. it, it adopts a constant growth in your life. And so I have people in the classes I instruct, because I don't just instruct kids. I instruct in Orange County at a few studios and, uh, and I always have people come up to me and they're mostly, you know, older. Mm-hmm. And, and they say, you know what, like that really resonated with me because, you know, like you told me that it's okay to be me and my body yep. and to move like I just got my body today. Mm-hmm. And like I'm a kid again. And some people need that because we get really stiff and rigid, not just in our bodies, but in our thinking as we get older. Yep. And sometimes just something as simple as do what feels good for you can really release a lot of stuff for people I've found. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm really passionate about instructing a beginner, a beginner style. Um, because also since my band has a demographic between it's about 18 to 24 now, after we've done a lot on YouTube before it was mostly like, I'd say like 15 to like 18. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we've grown, our fan base has grown as well. Um, but I find that that is something that I really want to leave almost as my legacy is that that growth in, peri- in, in people's lives. Even if they just saw me doing a meditation and were like, oh, whoa, what is that? Wait, <laughs> I like his band. Well, wait, maybe that's okay for me to do. And then they try it once and then that starts them on something. Or they're looking and they're like, I don't know if I could do that, but Woody said it's okay maybe. And maybe they look up to me and that power is a responsibility. So, so maybe they look up to me and they're like, hey, um, I like his band, he does this yoga thing, but I don't know, he seems happy all the time. I guess I'll try it, whatever. Yeah. And then they started it, and then they start their journey. And so I, I kind of want to just be that spark. I would love to take people and constantly grow with them, which I feel like I'm going to do, but it doesn't matter where they go with it, just that it's lit. Yeah. Because that's how you empower people, I think. Exactly, just giving them that little ember and that ember continues to burn into that flustering fire, mm. you know? Like you got that full flame fire just stoking. Stoking it with wisdom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when it comes to teaching at, you know, these different events that you perform at, do you find that people are usually pretty open to practicing with you or are most people nervous or like, how is it? Because you're traveling all over the world. Mm. Um, 
I'd say a mix. A little bit nervous because it's something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also kind of a, there's like a level of intrigue because the people that are there to do it um, are usually there to see my band. And when, when we tour in places like Europe um, and uh, when we do like South America and things like that, we, we headline. And, um, and so those kids that are there early and we're talking like, one, two, three p.m. Like, like when we roll up, sometimes that they've been waiting for a while, um, which is really crazy. And they're they're there to see us. So there is a level of like, oh, whoa, I'm here to see his band, and he's asking me to go meditate with him. I don't know what the hell that is, but I'm down <laughs> to hang out, you know. And so a lot of them come because of that. But a, a lot of them also who follow us and follow me personally know that that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And since I've been doing it more and posting about it more, um, there's been this level of of not not expectation in a negative way, but like uh, like a hope that I'm going to do that with them. Yeah. And so they'll reach out to me beforehand and be like, are we doing yoga in this? Are we doing yoga like t- today in this one, blah, blah, blah. And so it, there's there's definitely desire and like a draw. And to see that passion with, with kids not even really knowing that much about the power of what they're doing mm-hmm. is awesome. And it gives me so much hope because when you go abroad into different countries, I find, you know, it fluctuates. Sometimes you find um, more, um, there's more richness in the mm-hmm. spirit. There, there's more like yoga and mindful eating and all these things in different places. And some places there's not. And to go to go to both of those places and see a, like a hunger and like a thirst for more things that resonate with their soul and things that make them feel good and empowered. It's so liberating. It's like, yes, it just gives you hope. You know what I mean? You're like, you're like, yes. And, and like, yeah, I stopped eating fast food and I'm doing this and doing it. I'm just like, pound it. Like, That's what's up. I can totally resonate with that in going to India for the first time mm-hmm. and just seeing the sparkle in these kids' eyes when we would go to just like random little villages in the middle of uh, this place in Nalanda and we pull off the bus and get out and just these barrage of kids just come out of nowhere and there's you know little neighborhood kids and we were doing yoga with them and they just like their eyes open and there's just that thirst for learning more Mm. and it's so incredible to see the next generation how hungry they are for knowledge with that being said what do you feel is like the best introduction for you know someone who is younger say like in between Mm. the ages of like 10 and 18 to learn yoga like what do you feel is like the introduction like the first step the first step looking up a studio near you slash going online Mm -hmm. like those two things if if you're a little intimidated at first to go to a class look it up online there's tons of youtube videos tons of people guiding meditations and yoga even on instagram just all all over the place it's accessible if you want to at least build a slight slight foundation in your mind Mm -hmm. before you go because I realize that it's a little scary sometimes to be like, what did he just say to me like that? <laughs> what language is he speaking? Artemuka like, Vrikshasana? Yeah, um, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, that, that's craziness. Um, and so I don't want anyone to feel like their power is taken from them. Mm-hmm. And when, when you look up a class, you're taking a step to empower yourself just there. Or when, yeah. or when you're going just online and just searching something. Um, the, it's like the knowledge era right now. So you have this stuff at your fingertips. So if you want to know something, type it in on Google and, and like let's see what pops up. And that, I'd say, would be the first step um, to progressing down the road. I, I would eventually say if there's a studio in the area, not to be like judgmental of that one either teacher or style of yoga the first time you go because it's really important to try many different styles to see what resonates with you as well as instructors because you might find one that teaches one style and you're like eh not feeling it and then you try another one same style different teacher and it just it just legitimately speaks like volumes to your whole vibe and you're like yes this is what I'm supposed to be so so just having that like I'm going to experience it. It might take a little bit, but mm-hmm. just taking that one step, searching online, searching the, the places around in the areas and just going. Definitely. That's the key. Just show up. Just show up. Amen <laughs> to that. Show up. So you spoke about there being different types of yogas and some different types resonate to different people. Can you give a little insight on some of the different types that you've tried and what resonates most with you now? Mm. Great question. Um, so I started with, with a heated vinyasa flow. Um, that was cool. It was awesome. I got introduced to uh, t- to Bikram mm-hmm. um, for a bit by a friend of mine, and I was like, "What did I just find right now?" I was like, at the same time, I was like, 
huh? I was like, kind of like, yes. But then I was like, this is a crazy workout and I kind of want to learn it. So I got obsessed with Bikram for a bit. I'd say like, I think it was like six to eight months. I was doing it pretty religiously. Um, noticed a lot of awesome stuff um, energetically happening. Mm -hmm. And then I almost tore my hamstring. And mm. the reason I know I almost did that was because I started asking the instructor, like, yo, I'm feeling tightness and like a shooting pain in like behind my knee and in like where my glute connects into like my hip, like like up top. Yeah. And she was like, oh yeah, yeah, um, just, uh, just keep it easy on that like standing head to knee because when you lock the joints, you're putting some stress on them and, uh, and stuff like that. And so I was like, okay. And she was like, yeah, you like, if you keep doing that, you might tear your hamstring. And I was like, no way should that be casual. You know what I mean? And like part of a practice because I don't know, I would have loved to play in the NFL. I don't have, I'm not built for it. Yeah. So I don't want a practice that's going to hurt me. Exactly. That's going to be the center of my life. And that's when my, my, like my wheels kind of started turning in a different direction. And I was definitely guided by a force higher than myself, I believe, because I was looking for an internship program since yoga is expensive. And um, I was like, okay, can I maybe work at the studio? This is the Bikram studio. And they actually had just filled up the last spot for work exchange. Ah. And I was like, oh, okay, like honestly, no worries. And then it's funny because I, I told the instructor, I was like, oh, well, you'll definitely see me again. I never set foot in the studio again. <laughs> and, uh, and so I went, then I went back to the vinyasa studio that I had frequented every once in a while. Um, but when I was doing Bikram, I kind of had like a poor mentality towards vinyasa. I thought of it like as this like secondary thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was actually the same thing with me because I started really? with Bikram yoga as well. Oh, no way. At Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, a, a girlfriend of mine brought me into a class and was like, you have to try Bikram yoga. And I did it every single day for like a year and a half. <laughs> and... And the Bikram mentality is so like, oh, don't try any other type of yoga. Oh, all goodness, I can't believe you would go to that studio, mm. you know? Yeah. It's like a, a little cult in a sense, you know? Yeah, they want bit. to keep you inside the Bikram yoga. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I mean, I, I'm all for freedom and like not wearing a lot of clothes <laughs> and stuff like that, like sweating a ton. Like, yeah. that's cool. If that's if that like gives you confidence and like steps you into a place of uncomfortability mm -hmm. that makes you feel alive. Yeah. Awesome, that's, all, that's fantastic. I don't want to hurt myself. I don't <laughs> think anyone should hurt themselves in in a practice that's meant to empower people. Exactly. And, and make you feel good, ultimately. For sure, for <laughs> sure. And I was obsessed with learning the sequence. So I learned the whole sequence. I could do it wherever I wanted to, and it, it, it was fantastic. And then I started thinking, well, you know, like life's different in every moment. So putting a cookie cutter plan to every moment in life doesn't really make that much sense, at least to me. So I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna try this vinyasa again, because I went back to that studio and applied to be a, a work exchange partner there. Mm -hmm. And they were like, they took me with open arms. And so I started working there a bit and I knew it was a part of my life. Um, so I started just showing up to the studio regularly, helping out um, before and after classes, and then just getting really, really um, involved with the community there, um, with all the people that came, the instructors, asking them questions, getting books given to me, just helping out and just furthering my path that way because I knew that was something that I needed to do. And it just started to almost like exponentially, like snowball me forward <laughs> and that was this that was right around the same time um that i had that epiphany on the mat where the idea just got like am i supposed to instruct this like, yeah. <laughs> so that was around the same time that i did so um it started with the vinyasa went to bikram um then defected back um <laughs> it's funny, I, like, I like hate to use that evolved. word but i evolved yeah amen to that amen um yeah, nothing against anyone that practices that because I think anything like anyone that steps into their power and does something to better themselves, amen to that. Yeah, and different um, paths. You and know, there's all so different many paths. different paths for sure. Exactly, exactly. It's so it's it's so awesome to see people step into that. Um, from there, when I did I did my teacher training, that was a super enriching, legendary process. Met some amazing people. <laughs> legendary, um, legit legendary. Um, I made some amazing friends through my teacher training. Uh, the core power yoga vibe is amazing but it's not what resonates with my soul um so i love everyone i did my teacher training with i love my leads um my friend jc and my friend katie mackin two people that like i will always hold near and dear to my heart just mm. because of how they worked with me while i was on tour working on the yamas and niyamas and the shockers while i was like on tour emailing i got like this vip experience it was like, so sick um <laughs> and so so i will always like be so grateful for them 
um, what really resonates with with who I am is this yoga called Strala Yoga, and mm. it's founded by a friend of mine named Tara Styles. Yeah, and yeah, so I, I took um, I took her training. Ironically, I took her training the weekend before I started my core power training, and it was just it, it was just her workshop. It was like just an intensive workshop. Yeah, and I'd followed her on YouTube, and she through YouTube guided me to get comfortable in a handstand, not not well, but like a few seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to her training, and her vibe was just legitimately like my soul just got exposed and then cradled, given some love, and then just like fresh air, just like gracefully just guided all over me. I, like, I literally was just like, oh my God, like, I, I, <laughs> what? Are you for real right now? Um, just in a few things that she said, I was able to go from holding a handstand for a few seconds to I was up there for as long as I wanted. Mm-hmm. I was there for like 10 to 15. Just, just the idea of trying to stack the hips over the shoulders before you go into a handstand yep. was something I'd never heard before. It was mm-hmm. always the jump, the jump, the jump. And that, that momentum would make me like topple, topple. Yeah. And so I never heard anyone tell me that. And then her whole vibe is to move with ease. Because when we move with ease, our mat reflects our life, and ease happens in our life. Mm-hmm. And so I started moving easy. I stopped trying to think about if I was doing it right and how I looked, and I started doing it more about how I felt. Yeah. And it was it was transformational. It was legitimately at that point I was I started just having a wild wild growth period mentally um, in my practice as well as in my life. I started mm-hmm. just being like yes to this. This is just yes. And so I devoured their handbook, and I still stay in touch with them. I have it. I have, I'm a man of my word, and I've told Mike, her husband, that I 100% am taking their their teacher training at some point yeah. um, when my schedule allows. And he, and he told me, but you got to make sure you do it abroad because yeah. it's, it's way more fun. It's more of an experience. Come on now, and you got to go to Bali. You got to. <laughs> I'm thinking Bali or like, I'm a sucker for Berlin. Ah, I love Germany. The so, Germans. Yeah, yeah, you see a good, yeah. Um, <laughs> So at some point I will do that. Um, I feel like even without doing that, that reflects 100% the style of classroom that I hold when I instruct a class mm-hmm. and just how I approach um, guidance amongst um, kids and just everyone that I'm in in touch with, um, yeah. especially in a yoga classroom. Um, so, so that's what really was near and dear to my, to my heart. And then to, to give you the end of the long form answer to your question about how I started and like different kinds of yoga that I did, um, I'm now on a path that I, I love kundalini yoga. Mm. So I, I legitimately love it. Like it is just like the nectar of Why so? I think it's because of how trippy it is. Like, like how cosmically synchronistic and trippy it is. Mm. I had such a wild experience the first time I did it that I couldn't even, I, I, it's one of those things. It's like you, you want to deny that synchronistic stuff can happen and things beyond our power are always at play, mm-hmm. but you can't because it just gives you perfect evidence that there's higher things going on all around us. Mm-hmm. Whether that's you're in the right place at the right time. They say in Kundalini, you're only there if you're meant to be there. And so true every time I go wild synchronistic stuff happens and I've had insanely transformational stuff happen inside of me that I can only really help others to hopefully figure out for themselves because it's one of those experience things that I'll never be able to show you exactly how I feel but I want you to feel exactly like I felt but Mm. that's what it is it's an experience and you can't really describe those things you can't say like um you know, you, you can't tell somebody exactly why doing your, your, your breath of fire makes you feel high. Exactly. You know, you can't exactly do that. And you, you also can't exactly describe, unless you're really, really techie and a nerd, nothing against nerds, how your computer actually works. Mm-hmm. But we log in and we go on, we go on all sorts of websites. We go on social media, all this stuff. And the it technology works. is in our hand. We, it works. And we trust in it and we use it for what we choose to use it like for good I, yeah. I would hope or we use it for whatever for gossiping whatever people choose to use it for we don't know how it works we just know that it works mm-hmm. and for me that's kundalini it's like <laughs> it's like I want to learn how it works but at the same time I just know it works because I've been doing it that's and so true. I try to describe that to some people and I'm like you just gotta go you know like <laughs> if you're if you're drawn go if you're not Maybe one day you'll be drawn to exactly. it and just try it. And everything happens in the right time. Maybe not in this lifetime. Maybe in another <laughs> one. Maybe in another one. Yeah, I just will. I kind of want to share this story. The first time that I went, um, first time I went to an actual Kundalini class, um, mind you, I had done one month of a Satnam meditation um, that was part of uh, just almost like, almost like a dare a little bit from like, <laughs> my life coach Reiki master she was just like you should look into you should look into this kundalini it's probably good for you so I found a friend's mom who I knew instructed in she was like I'm about to lead a 30 day essentially just commitment 
challenge, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so I just did. I did it on tour though, because I, I was gone. And she was like, "Tell me what's. Tell me what happens to you when you get back." And I was like, "What? Are you, what's going to happen to me? <laughs> like, am I going to start like floating around the room and shit?" And I can levitate. I can levitate now, guys. <laughs> by the way, um, my band would be stoked if I was levitating on stage. By the way, be good. <laughs> but I, I just did it in my head because I wasn't about to sit there in a hotel room with like eight guys and just start like sadnam and just like like meditate on a sound which now I love chanting and singing and something that's so amazing for the, for the voice. Mm-hmm. And by the end of that tour, and this is four years ago, I think, three or four years ago, and I was eating anything at that point, um, starting to notice the processed stuff affecting me, but I was still eating like meat and everything. I couldn't even think about eating red meat. It was just disgusting. Wow. It was disgusting to me, absolutely disgusting. And I was like, well, this is so weird. I could, only, I could only stomach chicken and fish, and I couldn't drink hard alcohol. Beer gave me a headache. I could drink wine every once in a while. And I, I sat down with her after the tour and I was like, what is going on? Like, what is this? And she, was, she started laughing and she was like, yeah. <laughs> She's like, that's essentially, you're meditating on your, your higher truth, mm. your higher self. And I was like, damn, can you tell me that? And I was like, okay. Um, so that was what got me introduced to the power. But then I took an actual class and this was in Peterborough, New Hampshire. I just felt on a whim to go with a friend. I went and we were doing like Breath of Fire for like seven to 11 minutes in boat pose. And I was like, dude, like, and I'd done vinyasa, vinyasa and bigger and everything and that was crazy. That, nothing was compared to how intense that was. That was so intense, su- such a mental workout as well as physical. Yeah. Um, and, and this guy was a saint, he was a blessing. Super, super genuinely nice dude. He, he played the gong at the end of class, which was my first experience with the gong. So I was like, first of all, what the heck's going on? This is amazing. And second of all, where can I play that? Because I want to learn more about it. Were you so, in Shavasana when he played it? Yeah. Oh my goodness. It was, His body just reverberates. For sure. And I never had that done before. And I mean, coming from a, loving music and playing music, that, that vibration was next level. Um, so I asked him after class, I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, like, where, do you know anywhere around here I can get more of that? And he, he told me a few places um, that were in a couple towns over and I was like, okay, cool. And we kind of left. He, he mentioned his wife was a singer. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, that's awesome. Ended up finding out later that his wife was Snotum Carr. Ah. And and I was like, because I didn't know, but I knew, I heard of her, but I didn't know that I knew her songs from like every other yoga class I've ever taken. Mm. Um, So that was super synchronistic for me to begin with. I was like, oh, that's super cool, like after I found out. But later that day, I remember doing, I I was in the middle of an Instagram challenge, Yeah. right? And I was looking for a tripod headstand pose, right? (laughs) And so I'm driving around my town, small like farming community in New Hampshire. And I went a different way than I normally do to get to the center of my town. Um, just kind of like a joyride kind of thing, just looking for a scenic spot. And I ended up getting to the center of town like a different way and noticing that there's this big monument r- right in the, the town center that I was like, oh, that'll be a cool looking tripod head stamp pose. I'll just, sh- I'll shoot right there. So I turn into my town library. Mind you, it's a small town. I mean, it's not like the smallest town, but it's not big. Yeah. And we have a small library. It's cute it's nice um and so i turned in right and on this little billboard right there in in, in my town gong bath meditation tonight <laughs> at 7 p.m and i was like that's hilarious i looked at my clock exactly seven o'clock like, like on the dot park and right i now. i just got chills kind of and i was like okay um pulled in had my block had my mat just went in it was free, so I just walked in and just sat down. And and this woman had like four gongs and then singing bowls, and then and then she, and then she played a shruti box, which was the first ex- my first experience with the shruti box. Now, if you don't know what a shruti box is, it's um, looks like an accordion, and you kind of you have almost what would be like piano keys, um, oh, like a harmonium. Um, it's exactly like a harmonium, but imagine the sister of a harmonium. So it's the same sound but with a harmonium you have the keys that you can play like a piano yeah this you have valves that you open Ah. and you leave them open so you have like c to c on a piano but with valves um so it's harder to change where a harmonium you could play all sorts of crazy stuff like like krishna das does and like all sorts of awesome stuff that was my first experience with that so we did like a 30 minute meditation just on layering overtones over a shri box and i was legitimately i fell in love the first time I heard it, I, I was, I need, I told her I, I need one after. And then we laid there and she did a sound healing with the gongs and the singing bowls going over them and like going over you and stuff. And mind you, this is my first experience of this and I've loved music forever uh, and sound. So this was just changing my molecular structure. Mm. Let's just say that. Um, so afterwards, um, I exchanged information with her. Her name's Kimberly Moore. She's a, she's a awesome human being. And I've, I didn't stay in touch with her for about a year. And then I landed 
after I moved out here, I landed back home when I flew back, and she popped into my head randomly. And I was like, I gotta hit her up. So I hit her up, and I met up with her to, to do a sound healing, and we just sat together and played the Shruti box. And then I showed her how to make relative major and minor chords on the Shruti box to make it almost sound like positive and then dark and kind of like to play with the mood and she was like that's amazing she she loved it and she was like you can't pay me for this session you just taught me something amazing what else do you want to learn and I was like teach me how to play the gong like please (laughs) please teach me so she taught me how to play the gong and uh and that was amazing but the reason I'm telling you this story is because later on she told me that she had trained with Snodamkar and so that's why it came full circle for me from my first experience with kundalini yoga was that I not only told my friend who instructed the class that I liked the gong and then found one later that day totally synchronistic but then a year later I met this woman who I met that night who happened to train with Snodamkar who I found out later was upstairs from where I was it's just like what more do you want it's just like it's like every time I'm like oh no well that's not that's just coincidence it's like nope here you go here's another one so so yeah it's a very it's a very long form I'm, I'm a fan of long-form answers, but that is a, a very long-form answer to your question. Oh, no. I, <laughs> I, I feel that the beauty of these interviews is that we can truly reflect on those occurrences in our life that brought us to exactly where we are right now. Mm. Because the most beautiful moment is the present moment, but every single moment has its beauty. And so I, I love well to said. hear stories like that because it's like, those are that's how we got to where we are you know like the all those little defining moments helped us to be the person that we are right now mm. so that's and there's no coincidence epic. behind that epic that's not coincidence <laughs> not at all not at all how often do you practice kundalini yoga and what is that practice like for you for those who are not familiar with kundalini mm. yoga kind of give them a little synopsis of what it feels like um i'll start with how often how, how often I do do it. Um, when I moved out here, um, I had a little bike that I would travel around with because I didn't have a, a car for a while. And being in Orange County, it was kind of hard. So I found the local studios and we just biked to them. Mm-hmm. And one of them was was a Kundalini studio. So I just was like, eh, I don't know, see what this is all about. I had a crazy synchronistic experience the first time. Let's go try it out. I went and my friend Karta instructs the class Tuesday nights. And I got hooked um, being instructed from a place of, best way I can describe it, legendary badassery <laughs> because he he trained he he's og he trained with yogi bhajan and he uh he is i think he's 68 right now and he looks you know he looks straight out of you know lord of the rings meets like santa claus meets like you know oh, wow. he's, he's just a legend and he's just a character too he'll he'll be saying some stuff while you're in breath of fire that you like you just crack up because mm-hmm. he drops like these funny life lessons on you randomly and just cool stuff while you're doing things and he's and then also on top of that he's playing he's playing the Beatles while we're doing like Creos oh, and stuff that's awesome and, and he's playing all sorts of like like old school rock and stuff mm-hmm. and that resonates hardcore with me and so when I first went and he I mean, he's, he's kind of a hard ass so, so when you first go you're like oh my gosh does he like me like is it cool he totally like kind of like called me out but is that you know it's like whatever but as you go you kind of build the relationship and then I started noticing things happen to me where I would like more of the stuff where you think of someone and then they, they call or text you. Yep. So it kind of like opens your third eye to a, to, mm-hmm. to to some stuff. So that started once a week for me. I was guided by my life coach, who's also a Reiki master. She was like, she was like, Kundalini is very powerful, and to do a lot at first, like if you all of a sudden go like straight Bikram status on it. Yeah. You can short yourself out like a light bulb. Exactly. And and that's what Karda said too. He said you don't want to become an O faced yogi. And we were like, what the hell is an O faced <laughs> yogi? And he's like, one that's in a hospital bed that just goes like. Like you just you don't want stuck that. on home. <laughs> yeah, you stuck went on into him. the Brahman. The Brahman became you. Yes, yes. you've uh, reached Nirvana and you're not coming back. You ain't coming back. No, <laughs> seen it ain't coming back. Um, so I started doing that like once every two weeks ish. Mm-hmm. Then I started craving a little more, and doing it once a week. And that's been like my last year and a half to two years, just like trying to get my weekly in. I pick up on some stuff here and there because it's such a deep practice that mm-hmm. they, whenever you go, there's Kriyas that we're doing and a Kriya is usually a set, if, if anybody's wondering. It's usually a set of, you usually do like a, some breath work, um, a posture, a mudra, have your focus on something, your nose, your third eye, um, and then sometimes be chanting. Um, and then there'll be like a few of those in a Kriya to, to make up the whole thing. And the more I would did it, the more I learned and the more I kind of craved it and I would take a Kriya home and I'd practice it for, you know, like a week or two or maybe a month if I really liked it and just see if I could do it in the morning, just part of my routine. Um, 
not until recently, I'd say within the last two months, have I really felt a strong, strong pull to be doing it like as part of my daily routine and, and making sure that I keep it going. And um, we had a meeting in our men's group, um, which yep, was, yep. which was, uh, men's group. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jago Paul. Yes. Legend. And so he was there and he instructed us and he had a great analogy for, for Kundalini yoga and just kind of yoga in general, but specifically for Kundalini. And it's that you are a train on essentially a train track that kind of goes slightly uphill. And if you don't have these things at the root of your routine to constantly propel you forward in motion, your train keeps rolling. And if you stop and don't keep that as part of your constant propulsion, then you become stagnant and you can regress a little bit. Not that that's like a super negative thing, but when you work really hard to progress and want to feel in the flow and want to be grinding, want to be creating, want to be someone that's super connected and helping other people, it's really important to keep that flow going. And so that's when I, and this is only a few weeks ago, but that was when I was like, Yo, sign me up. I need a career for the morning, for every morning. Because my meditation practice in the morning has existed for a few years now. It's just part of my routine. I notice crazy benefits um, from just even a few breaths in the morning. Um, my, my whole day transpires mm -hmm. differently when I do this. Um, so now I just, I get up a little bit earlier and I do an 11 minute career right now that I'm really drawn to. And it's, it's really powerful. I think, I think there's a lot to be said in just the, the routine and yep. just having something that you get up and that's what you do to get yourself going for yep, the day. Before you check your phone, before you hop in for the sure. shower. For sure. Maybe you take a pee before. <laughs> maybe you take a pee, maybe you drink some water, you know? Yeah. It's cool. Maybe you hit snooze once instead of like three <laughs> or four times. Um, but you get up and you get to it. But, but you get up and do it. And so I was trying to meditate for a while, but I'd get up sleepy mm. and I'd fall asleep sometimes in meditation. And But, but with the Kriyas though, because there's some movement and chanting and things to do, yep. you're active. And that helps to get me up. And, and it helps to, to wake my whole mind up. And I've, I've just found some really, really positive benefits from starting my morning with um, a Kundalini meditation mm -hmm. and borderline transformative experiences um, afterwards throughout my day where I just feel empowered, I feel strong. And I think that there are actually, I know actually that there are scientific explanations. I cannot give them because I've not done my Kundalini training, mm -hmm. um, but there are scientific explanations behind all the things that we do. And they come from what I would consider trippy sources from, for, for some people, but there's no doubt that they work. Back to mm -hmm. the computer analogy, you don't have to know why it works, you just know that it does, mm -hmm. you know, or how it works, you just, just know that it does. And so, so I, I think that's really, really powerful, just to instill something in your routine, whether that's just a few breaths, um, it doesn't have to be this whole crazy half an hour to start, you know, just making sure, okay, when I get up, I'm taking three breaths. That's the best I'm gonna do today do that. Maybe it's at lunch. Maybe it's before you go to bed. Maybe it's all three. It's up to you. You get to decide. Um, but I think there's, there's something to be said about really constantly progressing that train that is your life and not re reaching that stuck point. Yeah. Or a plateau really. Yeah. Continue the incline. Mm. Yeah. It sounds like taking your Kundalini practice to the next level has really helped you take your life to the next level. Mm. With that being said, what do you feel is the future of your practice and also the future of your teaching? Mm. Great question. Um, I am in the process of trying to do a bit more online because of the reach that I have through my band, we tour all over the world. So I wanna be able to reach those kids and create a community um, mm. that is, yoga and meditation and mindfulness yeah, and it could, and it could support and support so it could even be more similar to, to life coaching if you want it to be or just someone to talk to um but a community that you can essentially subscribe to um to get videos little tidbits weekly emails from me things like that um that are going to be all good vibes so lifting conscious things to think about um ways to you know go about your day, maybe you think a little different that day, maybe you try something new, just little tidbits here and there, um, and then a whole community to support you, as well as videos, meditations, things that I think as we move forward with uh, with our progression in this world, I think are gonna become a little bit more of a hot commodity, yep. because once people realize how powerful these things are, more people are gonna be drawn to them. Um, so that's where I see my practice going right now, is uh, trying to get more online with it. I do do Skype sessions, um, I do private Skype sessions all over the world um, for kids. We usually cover m meditation, some 
flow. Um, but it, it's a lot of positive affirmation meditation, um, mm-hmm. which is just reworking the thinking. So a lot of it's like law of attraction stuff where you're, like, you're using in the process verbs instead of, you know, wishing or wanting verbs. And like, you know, it's like I'm in the process of attracting or I'm so grateful for just getting in the attitude of gratitude. It's, it's, it's stuff that I wish I learned in high school. <laughs> and so like that's the stuff that we work on. Um, and so that's what I want to take on like, like a larger scale. So that's where I see my practice going as well as um, doing wherever I am locally if I'm off tour um, I really want to do more workshops with people in regards to music and yoga and kind of um, essentially showing your soul through the classroom environment that you create mm-hmm. um, which I think is either it's a demonstration of your your music you use but if it's not you to use music then that's awesome because that's who you are so don't use music um, but it comes down to using your voice and I think a lot of people um, I see at least and I wondered when I was in my training like what makes me unique because there's so many people doing teacher trainings now it's like what's going to make me special in the world and it was kind of overwhelming and the more that I looked into it the more I just intuitively was guided towards being you makes you you so don't be don't don't try and be someone you're not mm-hmm. and and that was like a really cool experience to to start to think about because i was like oh okay well okay well sometimes i want to play like tupac in class is that cool <laughs> and, then I, and then it was like well you gotta read the class kind of first but yeah and, and then i would just i would play like you know some like stuff with groove and like beats and things that i've been listening to and try to keep it fresh and an example almost of an introduction with the people that I don't know in my class or that I do know so they can see where I'm at, what's going on with me, because it's a conversation. It's kind of a one-way conversation because they're they're physically responding to how you verbally communicate to them, you know? Yes. So so that's where I like I really want to guide a little more. I feel like I can provide um, some guidance to a lot of people there and like almost just have a conversation with people about like what makes them who they are and how to hone in on that mm-hmm. a little bit more um, just because of the, my music background and how I've been doing it for a while and how it's helped me and I f- really feel drawn to, sh- to share that with people so I, I like to do that and then just instruct classes as well as progress with my voice and my comfortability with you know helping others in a classroom setting um, in life in general and then also online so. definitely that's incredible it sounds like you've got a great plan for inspiring and uplifting a community of people and I think that that's really like the start of being an empowering innovator you know like Mm -hmm. you're innovating something that is new and that not only will help the next generation but will carry on beyond yourself Hmm. well said just sharing the love that's the only way that's That's what it is you you, you can be (laughs) you can put whatever you want on it but bottom line if you got gifts you've been guided you've been helped share it Share the love. That's how we all grow. That segues perfect into my, probably one of my favorite questions, which is how do you define yoga? Mm. Connection, period. (laughs) Um, To elaborate with yoga being to bring together, which I would consider the body and the mind um, on kind of a smaller level. I think yoga for me is um, a union of realization of myself mm. um, in this world and everyone around me being a reflection of myself. And how comfortable I am with myself is how I'm going to treat other people. And so when, when, when someone comes at me hot and I mm. meet them hot, which is very rarely because I'm, I'm pretty calm You're most of the man. time. Um, <laughs> but when I used to be a little more eh, all over the place, um, it was harder for me to do that. I think it's important. You look at people coming at you and realize that if you've done your work on yourself and they're projecting some stuff, that's their own stuff that they're trying to deal with. And you can meet them with some more intensity, you know, like a road rage status thing. You can wave, you can smile, you don't have to respond, or you can just tell them that you don't accept what they're saying, which is something that my dad told me when I had a girlfriend a long time ago that was like, <laughs> da, 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 da. Was like you can just tell her you don't accept what she's putting down. And I was like, damn, I can? It's like, okay. <laughs> But it's like, you don't have to accept all the things that are being like thrown at you when they're coming from places of, you know, like insecurity because we're all going through our own stuff. And when we're projecting on people, we're gonna be reflecting from our inner self. Yeah. And when we look at everyone like a mirror, then I think it, uh, it gives us the opportunity to grow in those relationships and those, ex- and those experiences. And I think the more work that we do on ourselves on our yoga mat, since our life does reflect um, how we practice yoga, um, 
or just meditate or just breathe or just be happy, smile sometimes, <laughs> um, it, it can transform into those relationships and also into yourself, which I think is a union with yourself and also with everything around you because that makes you in harmony with everything. When you, when you take that from the person that you're hanging out with mm -hmm. to then the inanimate objects that you're taking out with or like the living beings or the animals or like things around you is like a reflection of yourself. You don't start treating things like crap. Yeah. You start treating things like you wish to be treated. And I know it's the golden rule and sometimes it can be cheesy, but it's above and beyond true in my eyes. <laughs> so the golden rule, <laughs> will you actually give us one golden nugget that our listeners mm. can take away as something to motivate and inspire them on their continuous journey of yoga? Mm -hmm. Choose. Say that louder. You got to say that louder. <laughs> um, just choose. And it doesn't have to be crazy. It can just be a choice that you make small at first, but the small things make up the big things. Mm -hmm. So when you start making smaller decisions, they start impacting the rest of your life, I found. Yeah. Um, so choose and just know that whatever you choose, you're going to learn from. But once you make a choice, stay true to that choice. Um, because a lot of people, um, circumstances in life, you know, are wishy-washy. And when you make a choice, to me, that's your word. And your, your choice to, you know, live up to your word with other people, most importantly with yourself, helps transform your life. Because when you stay true to your word, which I believe is the strongest bond we have and pretty much the only thing we do have when committing to things, um, we transform, essentially. Like, we show up for people. We show up for ourselves. And sometimes that's looked at as having to show up, you know, physically. Sometimes you can show up energetically for people from far away. It doesn't have to always be there, you know. It's just a simple text, how you doing, or I'm thinking of you with a call, anything. But if you say you're going to do something, do it and just choose. So mm -hmm. if you choose to commit, do it. You know, a lot of people don't, especially nowadays with our phones and computers and stuff, it's easy to say something and to commit to something. But once you've made that decision, your word's your bond. So follow through. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I, I don't see that enough. I, I, I see it more recently with the amazing people I've been surrounding myself with. <laughs> um, but it's powerful. So, so uh, yeah, nugget, choose. Your word is your bond. And follow through with what you say. Do it. Well, the Yoga Revealed listeners are appreciative, grateful, and enlightened with your, your blessed wisdom. I really appreciate <laughs> you taking the time to be on the Yoga Revealed podcast today. And I must say that I'm very much so appreciative to have you as a friend, as a brother, and as another shining light on this path of yoga. Dude, amen, brother. I cannot even express my gratitude in words. Thank you so much for having me here. And friendship is a blessing beyond words as well. <laughs> Definitely. And for our listeners, um, where can they find you? Um, you can find me on my Instagram, just at Woody Woodrow. I love getting comments and messages on that. I love staying interactive. Uh, I do meditation videos and yoga videos on my YouTube channel, which is just Woody Woodrow Yoga on YouTube. You can find me pretty easy. Um, and then I also do a blog called The Weekly Vibe on Wednesdays, where I just share some things that have helped me, what I'm, what I'm going through with the means, or hope at least, of it helping other people. Um, and just, just good vibes only. So, <laughs> and that's all on my website, just woodywoodrow.com. Um, so yeah, like all my socials are on there too. So and what's the name of your band? My, my band's name is Our Last Night. Dope. And um, a not so shameless plug right now, but <laughs> if, you, if you get some time, go to youtube.com backslash Our Last Night Band. So that's O-U-R Last Night Band. And we do covers a lot, but we also have original material. And uh, the covers are fun. They're all like mostly top 40 radio or old school hits. So there's definitely something on there that you've heard. Just check it out and uh, leave us a comment, a like, and uh, just share the love. And remember that you got exactly what you need. So you just got to keep sharing. <laughs> definitely. Well, thank you all for listening to the Yoga Revealed podcast. This is Andrew Seeley signing off. Keep it real. Do it big. Live light. Shine bright. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast. You can learn more about Woody Woodrow and his upcoming classes and tour dates worldwide at his website, woodywoodrow.com. Also check out his inspiring Instagram, at Woody Woodrow. Until next time, yogis, live light, shine bright.
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.